Hello and welcome. You are listening to The Hello You Show. I'm your host, Jessica Rice, and the founder of Jessica Rice Coaching. This show is for ambitious and visionary-minded women leaders and entrepreneurs ready to uplevel their impact and establish their personal brand and unique voice. It's time, ladies, to make our voices heard. Say hello again to the real you. Hello and welcome to the Hello You Show. My name is Jessica Rice and I am the host as well as the founder of Jessica Rice Coaching. And today I am so excited to share with you a very special guest, Shraddha Doshi, who helps other women with restarting their careers. And just to tell you a little bit about her, she considers herself a career restarter who mentors women to start and reinvigorate their careers after taking a break to focus on other aspects of their lives. She is passionate about helping others to recognize their unique skills and empower their decisions when looking for new opportunities in their field of expertise. So I'm so excited to have her here today and to share with us some of her tips and things that she's come across with helping women to reinvigorate their careers. So welcome, Shraddha. Thank you so much for joining us today. I love having you on the show. (laughs) Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited for this conversation. Always love to get the word out about uh, this little known unknown thing about career reentry and how lonely it can be. So appreciate this opportunity. Oh, of course. My pleasure. I know you have so much wisdom to share with so many who are are thinking about this. But I'd love to know, though, is, you know, tell us a little bit about your your background and how is it that you got to where you are today? Absolutely. So I am uh, currently a product manager uh, working for a multinational company uh, outside of greater Philadelphia area. However, I've reached here with uh, a lot of pivots, uh, career break. So it has been a really uh, long and arduous, but a very fulfilling and learning, self-learning journey. I started in the field of electrical engineering uh, in India. That's how uh, and where I got educated. Uh, That was my bachelor's. I uh, found a job within the software industry after that and then decided to do master's in the U.S. in biomedical engineering. Um, After my master's, I found a job within a um, uh, software medical device company as a firmware engineer where I worked for about six, seven years. Uh, During that time frame, I actually gathered a lot of project management skills and uh, Six Sigma skills. But because of a cross-country move due to my husband's job, I had to give up my job and we moved uh, East Coast. And I decided that that was a good time for me to take some break. Being an immigrant in this country, I had always been um, on a uh, short leash because I had to keep up my work with the visa constraints. But having moved East, I was able to uh, sort of 
uh, get some free time to myself, spend some time with my two year old at that point in time and figured like that six months I can spend with her. But I enjoyed it a lot. So I those six months turned into uh, four and a half years and uh, also a baby which I thoroughly enjoyed, but uh, that four and a half years, those four and a half years, uh, even though in retrospect were fun, but were also riddled with a lot of uh, self uh, doubt that uh, should I have taken the break? Um, I had lost all my connections from the West Coast. Will I ever get a job? And uh, when I started looking, there was this uh, start stop uh, mechanism to my job search. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Do I go back to my previous career? Do I what do I do? So it was 18 months of um, a really uh, lonely journey, I would say, because the last time I was looking for a job, I was part of a graduate program. I had all this help from our career um, you know, uh, center. And also I had friends who were going through the same. But this time it was completely different. I was alone. I had two kids and I had responsibilities and no network in a completely new area. So 18 months, I um, learned a lot about what I liked, what I disliked. I worked with coaches. I talked to people. Um, and um, eventually, I figured out what I wanted and uh, set out on a path to get that job. Once I got into product management, I eventually switched from a startup, a small company, to a big company, which is currently my employer. And I have not looked back since. I am headed towards a leadership role, and I'm excited for my next phase in this journey. So. That's so incredible. I think that so many of us can appreciate and understand some of the the challenges that you faced in that journey. Um, you know, not especially, you know, when we're married and we're having to move in different directions and then we're considering, you know, families and how we maneuvered or work around and starting our career and having a family. It is quite a juggle. And I love the fact that you really took some time to seek out, you know, how do you how do you go back into the workforce in a way where you're also aligning with all of the things that you wanted to be doing? You clearly were accomplished. So, you you know, it was just finding the right fit, you know, for you. So I'm curious to know, you know, what sparked your desire then to start helping others in the process of restarting their own careers? Absolutely. I think I uh, alluded to that fact a, a little bit in my description of where I am. Um, I felt that the career restart journey was a very lonely one, very different from the first time that you were looking for a job or some people who are in jobs and they are transitioning or trying to find another new job. It's a very different story because you are still within that career environment where you have those peer support, where you have your network. But someone who has been at home, um, they don't have that. They lack the career support and they don't have access to any um, relative, uh, you know, uh, advice. 
that how you should be doing it. You have been at home, you have talking, you have been talking to like a four-year-old or a two-year-old for day in and day out. The only time I got to speak to an adult was after my husband came home and that was pre-COVID. So five days a week, he would go at seven o'clock, we would come back. And so that's the only adult conversation I had. Um, and I felt that we need to create a village, like a career support that graduates get out of their college. We need to have something similar for people who are coming out of their career break. And uh, I think everybody knows finding a job, especially a one that you love or a career that you love, is not just your, um, you know, doing you need to involve people you need to talk it's it, it's by uh, it's done in a community so that was the only reason like creating a community creating awareness that people are at home they might not have up-to-date skills but their experiences are still valid so awareness was the second so those are the two things are uh, bringing a community and then second is awareness to recruiters and the um, you know, corporate community. Well, I love that in the sense that you're talking about how you bring people together. And I think that it's a really poignant, it's really poignant that you bring up the fact that it does feel lonely when, especially as you're talking about, you know, the only conversation that you were having was a two with a two-year-old and a four-year-old, which is a very different type of communication than in our, in our careers. And it can also feel lacking if we've come up and, you know, grown in certain talents and areas of expertise that we're not able to employ on a daily basis. So the fact that you're bringing together community and then also awareness into, you know, what is it truly that you want to be doing, not just taking any job, but which one is the right fit for you? So what do you find are common reasons that women are taking breaks from, you know, their careers? Um, I think uh, for the most part, the people that I have come across who've taken breaks are mostly for raising their family, wanting to spend more time. As you know, corporate America is not like the easiest when you're trying to do both things. Um, I grew up as uh, I was raised as somebody who should be very ambitious. So when I came at the cross section of motherhood, I wanted to give my 100% to my career and also to uh, being a mom, but that's not possible. So I felt like I was not doing anybody any justice. And I figured that taking that pause would not only help me understand why, uh, what I wanted to do next, because I had grown uh, since as a graduating you know, student and what my next phase looks like. So mm -hmm. I feel it's not just fam uh, family, but also as a self-growth. People mm -hmm. want to take that time off and understand that, okay, I'm not that graduate student. My um, needs are different. Where I want to go is different. I want to balance my family and my career. How do I do that? Let's take a pause and see. Or um, they can also go for like education and they want to completely pivot. So mm -hmm. I feel pause is uh, for the most part reflection and I it's very important to do that when you are growing because otherwise you will be in the same phase trying to get out of it but never realize where you want to go 
So it could be personal, it could be self-worth reasons. Well, I love that. I think that that's perfectly stated in the sense that I think it's, it's common for us to consider it's if you know have a family and then you take a break for that. And that is a good portion of what women face. But the other important thing that you're bringing up is actually self-growth and determining if they're on the right path. So taking that reflection and um, determining what the right transition would, would be for them as they're thinking about the next you know phase in their life and their leadership or their career. So what recommendations do you feel like you would have for then women who might be on the fence about restarting their career after taking an extensive break? Um, there are a lot of things I have written on this topic uh, on LinkedIn. So based on what I have so far uh, spoken to at least 50 people who are trying to restart men and women, um, for health reasons, for various reasons. Um, the one thing that was amiss and people were struggling and I myself struggled was that small piece where before writing your resume, before going just blindly for applying for the jobs is understanding who you are um, and who you've become and where you want to go. Because if you don't understand who you are and who you've become, uh, you don't know what your strengths are. You don't know where you want to go after. So um, that is the first thing that I would suggest anybody who has been at home for a long period or even a short period to reflect on their journey, what their strengths are uh, inside and outside of corporate. What do your friends reach out to you for? Um, you know, what do you really like doing? Because we often forget in grand scheme of things that what we really like. So making note of these things that, oh, I really would love something that is in a creative field, which is uh, more problem solving or versus I love time management and project management. And my friends come to me for, um, you know, listening because I am great problem solver. Having that understanding once you create that it can be a very gray area because there is no beginning and an end to it and uh people will be like okay i don't know i'm just going to blindly i did a project management job before i'm just blindly going to go and apply but you did that project management job outside of graduate school that time you did not know better you did not know your strengths now you know all of this or at least you should be and then you should be applying so finding that out uh, is first step is very key. And once you have that, everything from answering uh, questions in the interviews with a very strong uh, opinion, uh, showing your character and your personality and your skill set becomes easier. Um, showing that in your resume becomes easier when you reach out for one-on-one -on and uh, introductory calls. Um, it becomes easier to ask them questions that this is what I have figured out by myself. I want to be here. How can you help me? So all the answers in that job search process lies in that first area of knowing yourself and where you want to go. And that's uh, my biggest advice to anybody who, who wants to, you know, uh, set out on this path. Um, and second is to create community. 
again i i think we become very self-reliant adults uh, and forget that community is how you get support community is how you spread your word community is how you know about other things that you yourself wouldn't know um, do not go out and do this uh, by yourself uh, find out your tribe um and be confident in what you are because sometimes you can get um you know drowned in the sea of opinions so again going back to that first step about knowing yourself if you know then you wouldn't be lost so um uh, two again two items uh, to take away from this is create a community and know yourself for what you are and where you want to be Oh, I think that's so beautiful in the sense that you're really helping people to kind of tap into what, who they are, like you just said, knowing who you are and then understanding the community that's there to support you. I loved when you said also, you could be drowning in the sea of opinions, which is so very true. And we were thinking about, you know, restarting a career or transitioning a career just because what what was doesn't mean that it should be and we as people are constantly evolving as we know so it's so important that we're considering how we've even changed from one point in time to another and then finding the right people who are there to be that support system for you so well I'm so glad to hear that someone else is considering it in that way and helping other people to recognize that it isn't a journey alone it truly does take a tribe or a village, like you were saying, to to step out and and have the courage. I think, right, to to make some of those decisions so that you're not just falling back into to what was easy, so to speak. Yep. Absolutely. And I also love that you mentioned too, in a way, that you you snuck in there that there's men and there's women, right? So there's men who are taking career breaks too, who are looking to transition. And I think there's this fallacy sometimes that it's just women who tend to take career breaks, but there's a lot of men who do for, for different various reasons also. Yes. Yes. I, I was surprised as well. Um, I wrote, uh, I think about eight, nine articles on career restart, and I was pleasantly surprised to get uh, feedback mostly from men about those uh, articles on why to take career break and you know how to come back and how to and i was i was that wasn't my audience when i started but i was amazing amazed at how many men reached out and said thank you about those uh, articles so which i think also just it furthers the point that you know to together when we're working together as you know men and women i think sometimes we feel like we're divided but yeah we have these common experiences and we might have different expectations in our roles but the more that we can shed some of that the more that we can start to see each other for who we truly are and what we really bring to the table yes absolutely so what are some of the biggest hurdles that you see those who are starting to re you know looking to restart their career after a long break what are some of the hurdles and challenges that they face trying to get back into the market? Um, I think the biggest point is that there is no urgency um, because you have been home, 
you never have that deadline and that sort of cuts out the seriousness about it um on your end and from people who are you are talking to they don't take you seriously oh you've been home five years what's couple more years right so uh it's important to have sort of a um uh created urgency around when i want to get a job so once you have that you get to focus on um things so that's the hurdle number one that i faced and it took me 18 months of which one year i kept like yeah i'll i'll see maybe when my uh 18 month old is you know set in her daycare then i will start looking i pushed out like two months and then i was like oh it's christmas let's push to another month so i think the that's the number one to be serious and to be taken seriously have some urgency around your goals of career search the second one is um if you have been out of a job longer uh, there is a high probability that your skill sets are probably not as up to date as you would like. So there is going to be, uh, and it causes a lot of self-doubt and self-confidence issues. So two things, your skill gap and confidence. Um, those are the two, another two hurdles that usually come up and that self-confidence is huge. It creeps up every now and then until you start getting on you know uh, your interviews and giving answers and only by practice you're going to get the uh, self confidence that you can do it you can be that person in the interview that is needed for the job so um, and to strengthen that confidence is to have uh, the understanding of where you want to be and what your skill gap is and actually um, trying to narrow that skill gap. So there will be 10 uh, skills that are needed. You only have three. Uh, see the other three most important skills that are needed. Uh, either get those skills or change your job profile to something where you are at least having uh, most of the skill set. So you uh, eliminate that or narrow down that skill gap uh, more. Uh, so we spoke about skill gap and we spoke about confidence. The other last hurdle is, um, again, coming back to a community. And in this scenario, what I mean by community is there is no feedback. Why are you getting rejected? Why is your resume not getting picked up? Uh, did you do a good job in answering the questions during your interview? How do you get that? So again, in that phase, you should build a community either of peers who are looking for jobs where you practice your um, answers that you want to speak or um, you know, just validate if your resume is working. Um, or finally, somebody who is actually doing that job that you want to do, and you can actually uh, ask them questions that, what do I need? So that is the community aspect, again, that comes into picture. So I recommend people having or meeting with somebody from the time they have this thought that I want to go back into a job till the uh, time they find a job and even beyond. But just that the community aspect keeps changing. Initially, it will be people for informational interviews. Then it will be people who are actually looking for a job and you can practice together. And then there will be other leaders that you want to talk to. 
so that you are asking and uh, responding in that way. So uh, those I think that I spoke about the four items. There's a lot of hurdles that will be coming, uh, but those are the main ones. And for this, I would say ask uh, for be advocate yourself at family at home because you have been a caretaker at home. You don't have an agenda. So you have to constantly speak up and say that I need the evenings on Mondays and Fridays to myself so I can do these things. Um, your husband or your spouse is not going to know what uh, you need. And they haven't because you were always the person who picked up the slack everywhere. But now you can't because you have to do this for yourself. So um, advocating for your support at home, you're not just mm -hmm. your spouse, but also the kids. Uh, was monumental for me um, and once I started getting that support I used to go out to library and just uh, focus and make some important strides in there so I think in instead of four I said five things but yeah but with so many hurdles you know I can keep talking but I <laughs> that covers most of it so you brought up some really good points in the sense and you know it sounds like a big, big piece of it really is, it's, it's not only knowing yourself and then there's the community aspects, but also just how you're, how you're opening up channels for getting that continual feedback so that you aren't walking, you know, I guess I'm trying to say is like when we're walking into it alone and we're not getting the necessary feedback, then our confidence can even more so go down because we don't understand why maybe we're not getting certain roles or opportunities instead of being open to some of that you know constructive feedback that, that can help us so that we can look at it from a more you know objectional objective point of view that helps us to say okay so these are my skill gaps this is what i need to work on maybe there's a no, another role that i can look at in the interim if i'm still trying to build this up or have some greater flexibility rather than just kind of going with one narrow path. Yeah. yeah. Are there other things that you consider helpful for helping to kind of boost that confidence then too? So, you know, it sounds like the feedback loop is really important in that process. How do you help people who are feeling very nervous or insecure about some of the feedback that they're receiving? or the job opportunities that might not be coming their way? Um, I think that's again by um, meeting people. I know networking uh, sounds to be a really heavy word, especially people who have been at home. They uh, like, I didn't know what networking meant. So um, the biggest feedback uh, for people um, who are nervous, I would give is to talk to more people I am an introvert and um, I have started helping people who are introverts on the leadership journey as I do that myself. And I've realized that we internalize a lot. So things that I came up with was I will talk to anyone and everyone uh, genuinely. So if I'm at a grocery store, I will make eye contact with the grocer and say, how are you? Uh, and actually uh, give them the right answer like, yeah, I'm good. But no, I was stuck in the rain and I was supposed to like make a conversation. 
So the more conversations I made in very low-key areas of my life, I started gaining that uh, confidence about that I, I can talk to people, I can actually make a conversation, I'm a great storyteller. And then I started going out to library events and networking events. I used to volunteer at local networking uh, organizations um, that I could find. And that way they would give me fee, free entry into the their events. Uh, and in lieu of setting up, helping them set up those events, I would get to talk to other leaders who were attending. And then they would ask me, so Shraddha, how are you? What do you do? And in those events, what do you do? When I was I started answering those questions, that's when I actually started finding my answers to tell me about yourself in the interview. So I got to practice those, tell me about yourself really authentically and really well in very easygoing scenarios and uh, holding a conversation, not an interview, helped me be that authentic person in that interview. So, um, and especially when you talk to people in these, they come back with answers. So you know what, they, what you're lacking in your answers and you kind of start adding that. Um, and the third point, uh, if you are nervous uh, about feedback and where you are, uh, ask your friends for help in practicing your interviews, or practicing your answers. Uh, that has helped me like mock up interviews. I would stand in front of the mirror and answer. I have used my four-year-old to listen to me. If I can help my four-year understand what I do and where I want to go, I am pretty sure, pretty damn sure that I can make an interviewer understand what I bring to the table. Mm. So those are like very uh, low-key areas I would suggest uh, instead of, you know, going and talking directly in an interview and you're like, um, my tongue is tied. I don't know what to do and what to say. So mm. it, it's, it's I, I think it's a muscle. The more you exercise it, on the day of the marathon or you know on the day of your actual exam you're going to do well because you train that muscle well before so yes i love that i love how you're also talking about you know you're really prioritizing yourself in this process and that's an interesting point i think if you've taken a break maybe you haven't been prioritizing yourself and that leads to some of that complacency but when you're starting to put yourself in full focus and then you're actively, sounds like you were actively going out and seeking answers and practicing and getting as much, you know, information that you could in relation to what it is that you wanted to do. Now you were honing a skill all in your, in it of itself, which was really finding your authentic voice and how you wanted to show up. And then in that process, re shifting your mindset from being kind of nervous to really having that conversation. It's just another person that you're communicating with. You don't have to be so afraid sometimes. And I think that's a big piece that comes up in interviews because we're we're nervous of how we're going to be perceived as opposed to thinking of it in, equally. It's We're interviewing them at the same time to make sure it's gonna be a good fit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know this doesn't come up a lot, but volunteering helps a lot. I, I spoke a little bit briefly, but that again strengthens your self-confidence because again, you're talking to people, you're doing things, you're doing small project management jobs, all of these skills, believe it me, they are 
so important in the corporate world. I, I keep saying that there, there have been so many times in the last three years during my meetings, my um, peak moments have been where I was able to use a skill that I gained during this job search process or staying at home. Um, Maybe like negotiating my, my four-year-old, I was calm. So when I'm in my corporate setup, I'm calm. I am negotiating, but I'm calm. I'm not losing it. Same thing when I was volunteering at my kid's school, I gained project management skills that no project manager, even with the PMP certification, they have frameworks, but I have real life experience and I, I come up with you know, unique ways of uh, resolving a situation. So volunteering, irrespective of where you are, doesn't have to be in a corporate world. Wherever you can get some face-to-face uh, -face time with working with people is go always going to help in your job, job search later. So, yeah. Yes, I am so glad that you brought that piece of it up too, which is, you know, not all of our experience has to be within the corporate realm or within school. And I think that we sometimes limit ourselves, not recognizing that all of these other skills that we've attained have happened throughout our lives and the different experiences that we've had. Just like you said, volunteering in a preschool with uh, children can teach you a lot more about leadership sometimes than um, some of the training courses that we might go through, because that's a whole nother level of skill that you have to, to take on. Yeah. yeah. So beautifully said. So what do you find is the most fulfilling part for you with uh, helping another person re-enter the workforce and just seeing them achieve the goals that they were after? Um, I think when um, they actually find the job that they like and do that with authenticity instead of just blindly going at a job because they could, um, there is a different kind of happiness that uh, when your purpose and your passion meet with uh, your financial goals, um, that's the most uh, beautiful things to see. And then when you've seen them at their lowest, where they sought out help to when they got a job, there is this huge transformation. The confidence with which they talk is just, um, is just really good to witness, I, I think. And I've been able to see that in uh, half a dozen people from beginning to the end, others, um, when they just have their aha moments, they seek out help with me for one-on-one -on -one, uh, sometimes just with a specific problem. And then they're like, oh, this is how I could do it. Um, they, you can see the weight lift off of their head. They're like, okay, I can go in and with confidence and get this figured out. So. Mm -hmm. I just love that all those small aspects, they're just beautiful to witness on people's faces and in their voices. Um, that just gives me happiness. Yes, I can see. I mean, it's so fulfilling when you can see someone else achieving achieving this goal that they've been setting out for themselves and you can just see it in their eyes and it, and it brings that joy and, and purpose to the work that you're doing as well. Yeah. So what are some ways that people can work with you? Um, I, uh, you can reach out to me on anybody who is uh, thinking of 
relaunching their career and find themselves stuck, um, I recommend you reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, I do have an Instagram page where I post my thoughts, um, however, not as active there. So yes, LinkedIn is how you can reach out. You can either reach out with one specific problem that you are facing in your um, career journey, or it's an end-to-end -end support that you need. Um, I'm happy to talk with you, be that sounding board. Um, I really love helping people who are in that gray phase where they don't know what to do, what should be doing next. Um, once that is clear, people often go out and do their resume and the rest of it. Um, so that's where I like to help people. And also in the behavioral interviews on how to present uh, yourself authentically and how to answer. Um, I feel like um, we have these a lot of methodologies like STAR and all those frameworks. They, that makes you very robotic. So I try to uh, take a very storyteller-like approach. It's a conversation and without rambling, how can you still be a small storyteller and win the interview by showing yourself? So yeah. Those are the ways and reasons how you can reach out to me. Wonderful. Um, I love how you're saying to take that storyteller approach to an interview. I know I've sat through interviews where it was very robotic and it's hard on both sides because then you're wondering what types of questions even to ask sometimes if, if it's a struggle. And I think a lot of times we are looking for that connection to make sure, you know, not just whether they have the skill sets, but how are they to work with? And it's so important. And I love that you've brought that up. Yeah. So curious what's one last message that you would like to leave say with our listeners for today um the last message for your career would be um if you are on a break and if you have this one thought that you want to come back to the job um that is your sign I don't think you should be waiting for when and how we spoke in detail about there is no urgency. So if there at any point you you have uh, thought that, OK, should I be going back to job? Then, yes, you should be, because that's a very rhetorical question. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had that question. It means that you have grown out of that stay at home phase, either for mom or as a mom or as a dad or as for healthcare or whatever reason because you're, you are telling yourself that you need to go back out there. So listen to that and build all the uh, tools that I spoke about earlier to get to that goal. But look for that sign and make it happen. Um, do not uh, hold your break uh, against yourself. Do not regret it. it. It is an enjoyable period. And use that as your strength point and come from it as a strength point, especially in interviews that um, I took a break, but these are the things that I learned and that's how I've become so strong. That's how I want to see people come out of the career break and not uh, like I did, like, oh, I took a career break. I, I don't know how I fit and I'll take whatever job I want but with empowered approach that I took a career break and I grew in these ways and I'm ready to go to my next phase. Mm. That is so powerful. Um, I think so many of us can learn from that where we're not apologetic 
but we are in power in the sense of we chose to do some of these reasons for our own lives. And because of that, it has made us even more qualified for a role or a position. So thank you for sharing that. If you would like to get in touch with Shraddha, you can reach her on LinkedIn at Shraddha Doshi, on Instagram at Simply Shraddha, and then through her email at coach.shraddhadoshi at gmail.com. Put all of that into the links within the podcast as well. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I so appreciate your wisdom and the time that you've shared with us. I think that there are so much, so many little nuggets that our listeners can walk away with from today. Thank you, Jessica. It was an incredible, yeah. Love the whole conversation. Appreciate Me it. Me too. Thank you.